0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Thweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void were prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com.
1: What's good? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Hogshaven Podcast, powered by SB Nation. You can find us at Hogshaven.com, at Hogshaven on Twitter, and on Facebook. I am your host, Molly Marge, Marl You can find me on Twitter at Let Maul Tell It. Do not forget the you. Joining me on this episode is a good man, Kyle Smith for GM. You can find Kyle on Twitter as well, at Smith, the number four, and then the letter G and M, at Kyle Smith for GM. Um, Kyle, man, appreciate you joining me today. How you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty
0: well. Coming off a long weekend of watching lots and lots of football. So, you know, I think everything's
1: good. What were some of your biggest takeaways from the weekend, man? I, and I'm going to start first because I, I have to get this <laughs> off my chest. Um. <laughs> Two things, actually. You know what? It's 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 two things. So I won't I won't spoil it. I'll go I'll go one. I'll go with one thing. Okay. Um. That's good. Don't steal my twenty. Thing. <laughs> yeah, twenty seven to nothing. Yeah. The Jacksonville. I mean the, the 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 Los Angeles Chargers are leading the Jacksonville Jaguars twenty seven to nothing. They produced five turnovers in the first half, Kyle. And you're telling me as you get outscored thirty one to three, and people feel bad for justin herbert i feel bad for the Chargers' defense for producing five turnovers and not getting a single ounce of help in that second half from their offense producing just three points and losing sure like you don't want to give up a touchdown or a score on every single possession in that second half but got like they were tired like they had no help from the offensive side of football and one time that they got in field goal position um later later in the game that truthfully if they make this field goal they win was was the was the one that the kicker missed like i it's incredible and it's a fireball offense to lose something 27 nothing in the playoff game where the charges are known for their collapses and brandon staley has proven no different under his regime it's crazy
0: yeah to me the thing i take away and i've had this conversation a little bit with some other folks is you really this weekend to me, showed the value of of good coaching. I mean, you, mm-hmm. whether it's Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy, I mean, mm-hmm. th- how much difference it makes. Staley and you know some some kind of like questionable decision making. I I I wouldn't. I thought at the time, you know, maybe Staley gets fired this week because it's you know the the Chargers have too much talent to be this uh wishy-washy you know I mean this is yeah. Herbert's third season finally made the playoffs I mean think about the defensive talent they've got I, I mean it's they've got Austin Eckler who's got like you know 39 touchdowns or something like that over the last two years just incredible and um can't pull it together Doug Peterson I mean geez the turnaround that that guy did in in Jacksonville is incredible uh and to me coach of the year uh, Brian Dable that guy yeah. again I said it when he when they played Washington twice um, that team is much less talented than the commanders team is and he's got them I mean you know I think we all knew the Vikings were a paper tiger but um, yeah. he has got them on a mission and he's got Daniel Jones looking like a guy maybe they they extend longer term so <clears throat> that's that's my takeaway this uh, weekend is that You know, when you have high end coaching, you can do lots of things. I'm not saying coaching is everything, but I'm saying coaching makes a significant difference uh, at this level when, you know, the talent is is so balanced. And, uh, you know, I think you look at our situation, we've got very, very average coaching at best, essentially. And um, I think you see that in the results. But I'd love to have a day when we've got a proper GM and a proper head coach and proper coordinators or whatever um and and hopefully we're we're in that same position
1: yeah another thing with certain coaches like two things um I, when you mentioned doug man i i come i i love how he handled everything after trailing 27 to 7 going into halftime like his responses uh through his media the his media obligations um at that point, like he was he was so calm and in understanding of the situation that they were in, but also knowing that they weren't completely out of the game yet. He finished the game and said, like, this was one of his best wins outside of winning the Super Bowl. He's like, this is one of his biggest wins of his career. And and I mean, obviously so, but just having the patience to stick with their game plan, but also adjust some things um and be a little bit more tempo. Like that was one of the biggest things uh coming out of that half where he said, Look. Uh, we may just need to go a little bit up, more up tempo to, to kind of help trevor out and and he found a way to, to get that offense going he tried he found a way to get trevor and, and etn uh in rhythm on that in that second half and all, ultimately the defense followed suit uh creating plays and making plays um big plays for that defense and as you switch over to dayball um like the the way that he's been able to uh improve and develop uh daniel jones like he's seeing the field better over the course of the season like you 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 just see it when you watch him play and um like he's seeing the field better he's understanding uh where to go with the football like the turnaround for dan and, and and daniel wasn't always like a terrible quarterback in terms of like how he sees the field it's the fact that he turns the ball over too much um and he's cleaning that up and he's being more effective with his legs uh even like the fact that he's being being able to see the ball see the field clearer um, makes his legs even more dangerous because he could be a dual threat, a true dual threat quarterback. Um, in in that sense, and um, yeah, it 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 makes me think. Um, and this isn't like a true criticism of Rivera, but this is like a like I need I would love to know this answer. Like, what involvement does Ron have like on the actual game day? Like, what involvement does he have to? improve the defensive side of the f- football or offensive side of football if they're struggling in some aspect uh, within the game within the flow of the game like what impact does he have outside of managing whatever it is that he manages and i don't know the answer in in and, and but but you see day ball and you see uh uh doug peterson uh knowing like having a takeaway having an answer or a possible answer having some type of response my my point in, in, in making sure that things are adjusted or or being able to, to be more beneficial for the people who needs the help on whichever side of the football i don't know what the answer is Kyle. i don't know how he i don't know what impact he has on game days
0: yeah no i agree it's uh it's a mystery to me um and actually while we, while you're talking i was sort of doing a little browsing around and i see that that scott had posted something basically saying <laughs> where apparently there's now rumors that scott turner uh <laughs> Uh, wasn't on board with the Carson Wentz hire or whatever, you know, I mean, it's like these kinds of things. It's just like, what, who has responsibility over what and, and what's uh, you know, what, to what extent are all these parts working together in like a unified fashion or are they working at odds with each other? I mean, it's just kind of kind of nutty, honestly. Um, but I I'd like to know that question. Um, I certainly think the the things that we suspect Ron has, control over in terms of certain kinds of play, play calling and, and, you know, using timeouts and whatnot. Um, he's left a lot to be desired in terms of mm-hmm. how those things have been, um, have been worked over the course of the season too. So uh, I'm not sure we'll ever get, ever get an answer to that, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Um, so two things, I we'll, we'll get to Trent, uh, Carson Wentz in a second, because this, this question that I got from, uh, I got a DM from, uh, my good man, Caleb, uh, and he asked this question to me. I haven't responded to him yet, but I guess this is a good time to respond to him after this podcast is recorded. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he asked, um, "Does it upset you that the Giants won a playoff game and we haven't won one since 2005?" Kyle, I'm gonna give you the floor first. Um, I already have my answer, but I, I want to make sure that uh, you're. I'll give you the floor. I, we'll leave it there, and then I'll circle back. What What is your What is your response to this? Uh, I mean. Does it upset me? I, you know, on the list of things that upset me about
0: this team, that's that's pretty low. I mean, honestly, what it does for me is, I'm I'm on more in awe. I really like. I say to me, what Dable has done. I thought that I thought this was a good. I thought the Giants were a three or four win team this year. You know, um, they they had huge turnover. You know, new GM, new coach. You know, maybe Dan, Daniel Jones is out the door. Uh, Kenny Galladay has been an absolute disaster. You know, Barkley wasn't clear he was coming back. And so, I, I mean, as as loath as I am to give any appreciation to another NFC East team, I, I'm really honestly in uh, awe of what Dable and Sean and the Giants have done this year. I think it's, you know, I, I, I guess I ha- have to say I appreciate it. You know, I mean, it's like this is what can be done when you have your your stuff together and when you've got competent people in place. And um, I wish we could, you know, have a glimmer of that here in DC um, for a while. So I I don't know. I can't can't say I'm upset about it, honestly. Um, It should upset me, but but at this point, it doesn't.
1: I I like how you just what you just said. It it should upset, but it it, it doesn't. And I'm in that same boat like I, I don't feel any emotion for the Giants handling their business like they're supposed to like any playoff team is quote unquote supposed to obviously there's going to be a winner and loser but they looked prepared they looked ready to go they didn't have like significant lapses they competed throughout from start to finish um and that's a byproduct again of their coaching staff and to what you said you said it best to be honest with you um it shows you what could happen if things are sustainable or if, if things are like in a healthy situation like it's all organic and not necessarily uh developed from a sense of like an an overreaction in a sense like and and what i mean by that is uh dan snyder uh wanting us or trying to convince us that he heard that he was too hands-on or that the manager or gm situation was too uh out of whack so he went coach centric like a, a, a complete polar opposite to what he believed was existing in washington under bruce allen and i think ultimately just when you truly embrace in in the process from an organic standpoint and and start from top down, you may ultimately get to the point of where the giants are. And that is, I will never forget. Um, Now I don't have the quotes in front of me and and I should have pulled them up uh, for this conversation, but Brian Dayball, there was, he was quoted recently like the last couple of days before the playoff game saying that their hiring process, the giants hiring process was something in which he's never seen or been a part of before and that really stood out to him in a in a good way and and i would love to look back and see exactly what he said to to dive into it a little bit deeper but if you all are out there like google it google brian dayball coaching hire giants hiring process because it's going to shed light into like like the innovative ways that can be out here for 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 things and 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 something in which washington clearly and i can say without a shadow of a doubt without even being in the building they probably never even witnessed or understood that it could be done in, in in different ways. Um, and and all they know is reacting and being reactionary versus uh necessarily like being in the forefront of something, especially when it comes to football side of uh, the football side of things.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just um, you know, again, <laughs> I hate to I hate to think of the Giants as like a incredibly well run organization at this point, but but I honestly. As soon as I saw the Gettleman was gone, and then they were going to to raid the Bills staff, I'm like, "That's that's going to be trouble for us for a long time." You know, <laughs> they uh, they made their mistake, they corrected it, um, and we, honestly, I, it kills me because we had the chance to to do some some of that. I mean, uh, Ron had a good relationship with a lot of those Bills guys, Sean McDermott and whatnot. We could we if he if he would have. Um, uh, tightened his, or excuse me, loosened his grip a little bit in terms of the G- GM position. I bet we could have gotten uh, Joe Schoen to to fill that role. Uh, Schoen wasn't going to come to a place where he was going to be, you know, a yes man because he he was he knew he was uh, equipped to be a full GM. Uh, but we had to miss out on those opportunities, and I just um, I think we're going to regret it for a number of years now because I think the Giants have again they've got the pieces lined up to be a functional organization. Obviously the the um, the Eagles are in great shape, uh, and we can only hope that Jerry Jones lives to be 110 or something like that. You know? <laughs> Cowboys.
1: Uh okay, man. Let's go ahead and get into the, the 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 Commanders. Um, you mentioned Carson Wentz earlier, and you mentioned about how Scott Turner. Um, I believe this was from Ben Standick, Correct. Who yes. Yeah. Published yep. this one. Yes. Yep. Um, he mentioned that uh, Scott Turner was not on the board with Carson Wentz um and there's two things that i have to say about that um and i want to get your thoughts obviously uh just on the situation altogether. um two things is one uh clearly it will make sense then uh for him if he wasn't on board with uh, carson wentz uh it will make sense for him to be the the source from espn or a possible source from the espn report some time ago to say that you know scott i mean carson wentz was not his doing meaning rivera's doing or the coaching staff's doing. in particular it may have been a dan Snyder thing um that may be that may be one possible source though i wouldn't count on it then the second thing is uh there was rumors or report i guess rumors is probably safe because i don't know if it was reported as a matter of fact or anything but um that rivera was the one who decided to go with wentz against the cleveland uh browns as opposed to it being like a unified decision um so that's that's the first thing that, that popped in my head in terms of like shedding the light. But then secondly, um for this situation to kind of like first off, I don't want to, I mean, Carson Wentz is gone in Washington, like it is what it is. But um, I also think about uh, you know, it's also important for people to distance themselves, especially when something goes so terribly wrong, uh at at, at something that you know you are a part of as an offensive coordinator. Um, and I think it's easy also to say that Carson Wentz wasn't his decision. Um, Like, you can kind of distance yourself as far as you want to, especially if you aren't with the team anymore, and especially if you have prospective jobs or maybe even interviews coming up for certain positions. You don't want to be – you don't want to have Carson Wentz as a stain on your resume, Um, and I think that's what stands out to me. Um, I don't know what to really make of the fact that Carson Wentz wasn't a Scott Turner decision because, like, why does it matter? You, You really didn't do a good enough job of helping either quarterback out um when they were on the field. So I, I just don't know like how much I went into that, but I would love to know like where you are, just understanding that Scott Turner says um Wentz wasn't his decision. Does that impact anything from this past offseason or even uh throughout the season to you or for you?
0: Um it's so you're you're right. I don't think it really saves Scott Turner's bacon to be saying that. What I would say, though, is if it again, assuming it's true and assuming I mean, you know, it, I, I've really resisted the idea, uh, it, even though I've written articles in the past on how how much Snyder has screwed up the quarterback position with the team, I have really resisted the idea that that was that Wentz was Snyder, you know, coming in and <clears throat> saying this is who we're going to pick, uh, because I, what I've tried to do is take. Ron, at his word, that he's in full control of, of football operations. Now, if yep. if, if um if went, I mean, if uh, excuse me, if Snyder uh told Ron he's taking Wentz and snot uh Ron went along and and sort of gladly you know did that like a good soldier, I mean, to me, that's still on Ron because you yep. know Ron's at least keeping up the illusion that he's in full control. And so that means in my mind, he's got full responsibility. It also, you know, the other thing, and I just can't sort of let it go is uh, and I probably should, is just this question of, you know, whether, whether Ron was ordered to keep Haskins, you know, when, when he first came on board basically to, to, you know, not look in that draft for a quarterback, because I still think um, that the decisions that he made there like really Sowed the seeds of his eventual, uh, you know, firing because because it's come out since clearly that folks on the inside, whether it be Jay Gruden or or the actual, you know, Kyle Smith or others, just didn't feel like Haskins was was ready for prime time yet. So, but but I think you know back to your original question, um, there's a couple things. You know, if if Wentz was not Scott's guy, um, you bring up a valid point. I mean, Scott wasn't great at game planning with. Wentz or Heineke, so I'm not sure it makes a huge difference on that front. But the one thing you could say is that if you hadn't signed Wentz, you'd have whatever it was, 28 million dollars to have signed other people, or or, or, you know, maybe have not gone cheap on the offensive line and done some other kinds of things, uh, perhaps in free agency or maybe with Eric Flowers um, to try to keep that line better. Which you know, all things being equal. Uh, let's say he was still doing the the Taylor Heineke game planning. You know, if we had a better offensive line, you might've expected a slightly better result there. I'm not sure it's an earth shattering change, but, but it just, again, it just sort of speaks to the level of, um, of dysfunctionality to me. If you're going to pick a quarterback, I mean, don't you want everybody on the same page? I mean, in terms of the offensive coordinator, in terms of the general manager, in terms of the head coach, it seems like if there's any discrepancy there, sure somebody you know ron who's in absolute control of football operations can say it's going to be my decision but to me you don't want to be overruling your deputies on something that's that critical you know and so if there was anything less than like everybody unanimous support behind that decision i think it was a really poor way to go so i think more for the for what it says about sort of the functionality of the operation than what it says about, you know, if Carson Wentz was a good choice, I think that's, that's what I take away is the important element of it really.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's very much important um, because again, it, it sheds insight, what you're saying, it sheds insight into just understanding um, whether or not, you know, or, or to what degree Ron values the input from, you know, the people surrounding him in terms of his, his staff and assistants. Um and and maybe to even a degree the people that he hired in the 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 front office um from a management standpoint. Uh I don't know the answer to that, but it also again if 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 what holds to be true or have some merit to it, um over overriding someone who wasn't in favor of Carson Wentz um should at the very least question your ability to (laughs) to evaluate or or your process of evaluation um with with certain positions in particular um i mean truth be told like he doesn't he's never really had a good track record at quarterback um and, and people mentioned cam newton uh cam newton was a, a very good quarterback for a, a good period of time but that was a layup like you had the number one overall book you couldn't miss cam newton you had to take cam newton um and it worked out in your favor uh so who knows and and, and i guess if we transition to sam howe um that's another thing that we have to think about Kyle, is uh what are the reasonable options for sam Howe in in washington but what are also the reasonable options at the quarterback position altogether uh under ron rivera and and if we even trust ron to make the right decision um that's where i'm still stuck at i don't think i trust ron to make the right decision um i think his track record indicates that um the the uh what's what's the word um maybe I'm, I'm gonna mess this word up but i'll explain it i guess the, the volatile nature and how he makes his decisions meaning um you know he's never really stuck on one thing or he can change at the snap of a finger where his idea or where his uh where his um his intentions or what his plans are like and it can drastically change at the blink of an eye um i, I don't know if i can really follow that type of path and, and what i mean by that is like you, you know you went with uh um matt stafford in 2021 uh whiffed on that one and and settled for ryan fitzpatrick uh and he doesn't even play well i mean i I like the general idea off the season that he came off of um you know you you bypass the product of, of of drafting your guy and then in 2022 same thing you go after russell wilson and uh also it's not leaving no any any stone unturned if you if you listen to these guys last year they're calling all 32 teams about every single quarterback that they have um on their roster and you settle for Carson Wentz um and 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 buy and and go away with the idea of drafting uh Sam Howe at an earlier at an earlier pick which was reported by uh John Kime that if they didn't go Carson Wentz that's probably what they would have done um instead you take them in the fifth round and you still get your guy but like you, you go through this entire process of, of trying to implement Carson Wentz into your system. And it's a huge, huge disastrous failure. I don't know if I trust them. Um, I don't know if they really see Sam Howe, despite reports of them calling coordinators to say that they plan on how being the, their number one guy. I just don't know if I really see that to be true. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll be
0: blunt. I don't trust him to, to pick a quarterback. I thought the news that, how would be the QB one going into the off season? I thought that was just about the best news that, that we as fans of the team could get, because hopefully it means they're not going to be blowing, you know, a day one or day two draft pick on a quarterback. It means we're not going to be spending 10, 15, $20 million in free agency for somebody not doing something stupid, like trading for Derek Carr before he gets cut by the Raiders. I mean, all we can do right now Jamal to me is hope that we can contain the damage these guys can do for the next, the next year. Um, And so I, I think that's, that's a really good sign. Um, I do think, you know, uh, I I have no problem with them rolling into next season with how I I think they should re-sign Haneke as a backup. Uh, I wouldn't care really if they take a flyer on a, you know, maybe like a, a third or round or later quarterback is a developmental guy at some point. Obviously, I'm not hoping that guy would be a starter next year, but I I don't think it's a bad idea to keep a, a QB pipeline sort of going. Um, but, yeah, I just uh, – I I really am disillusioned by these folks. And I just think about how much – I mean, I, I I constantly think about how much more damage they could have done. Imagine if they had signed – Excuse me, imagine if they had traded for Russell Wilson. I mean, we'd just be – we'd be in such a world of hurt right now in terms of, you know, even if they fired Ron, that's not enough. You've basically crippled your team for the next, you know, several years in terms of draft picks and – Lost draft
1: picks, uh, lost money.
0: lost money. It's like um, if these guys had gotten their way, they would have destroyed the team for years. We're just lucky that Russell Wilson didn't want to come here at the end of the day. I mean, it's like – um we have really dodged a lot of bullets and and when you when you say that your team's fortunes are have been more helped by luck or injury than by the you know decision making of your uh front office and coaching staff that is a that's a really really terrible place to be in but i th- i could put together a pretty strong case that that's exactly where we are um uh, and have been for the past several years. It's, it's pretty disappointing.
1: <clears throat> um, well, you let Ron Rivera tell you, uh, yeah, injuries and luck is one thing, but he also doesn't want you to judge them by right, right. solely wins and losses. So Kyle, um, I don't <clears throat> care. I can't, apparently to Ron, he doesn't care what you're talking about right now. Um, or what we're talking about. It's not about wins and losses or, um, the fact that you have made the wrong decisions, um at quarterback consistently um through your track record and through your results. <laughs> so I don't think he cares about what we're talking about. <laughs> no, no um, I mean, how,
0: how dare we hold a guy who's making seven million million dollars a year accountable for anything? I mean that's that's crazy.
1: And and fired the coordinator that he just extended a couple of weeks ago <laughs> right. or a couple of months ago. <laughs> um all right so where are we where are we at with, with Sam how do you do you want are you in favor of him being QB1 this this season um in 2023? I personally am. Um, I think that's the most more sensible route to take. I said this maybe a couple of days ago as well. Like I, I just think um, understanding the options that they have. Uh, I think you can go get a veteran in free agency. That's oh, we had this discussion too. I forgot we had this discussion. You can get a veteran in free agency. That's um, I, I feel like we we talked about Jacoby Brissett in particular, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo is our conversation. So I guess just to rehash it since it's a new episode, I, I feel like there is some options that you can go out there. Um, now I'm not saying Jimmy is a backup to Sam Howe. I want to make that part clear. That was a part of like if you want to go the veteran route, that's probably the veteran free agent that you can go after and have Howe back him up. However, I'm in favor of going with Sam Howe or a rookie and having that veteran backup to supplement or or have uh some some type of stability at that quarterback uh position and in that in that um meeting room and things like that. So, um because at the end of the day, if I'm sitting here understanding the situation, if I'm Ron Rivera and understanding that, look, um, this may be a lame duck season and I may have some issues gathering some court some some legitimate coordinator options. Um, I think that the idea of Sam Howe and understanding that Sam Howe has developed to some point, there some of the things that I was looking in uh, or, or hoping to see him improve upon he showed it in in that Dallas game. Uh, maybe I can convince an offensive guy out here that you know, structuring the offense to, to how you want to under or behind Sam Howe uh may be a way for you to be an OC. I mean, excuse me, a head coach down the line, but also I understand that if we go Sam Howe or rookie, I'll have plenty of money to make sure whichever quarterback is out here under center for the Washington commanders in 2023, they'll have the the best stability. Uh, installation that you can need especially at offensive line and the weapons that we have so I'm um, and, and in a solid defense if I can build up that cornerback or linebacker room I'm I'm all for it and, and I would love to save the money if I can go with Sam Howell as, uh, or a rookie in this position uh, and I would rather go with Sam Howell the guy that I drafted the guy that I wanted to be uh the starter if we didn't go to the Carson Wentz route drafted him in the second or third round um that's kind of where I'm at I, I would go with the Sam Howell route.
0: Yeah. I, that's where I am too. Um, I think, you know, give Sam a, a year um, to see what he's got. Um, again, like I say, you're minimizing the damage in terms of stretching for another quarterback. Um, if he works, that's awesome for everybody involved. Um, and, you know, if they, you know, get it, if there's a new coaching staff or a new group that comes in, uh, he can roll into that. If he doesn't work out, you know, um, maybe we're in a good position for, Drafting a QB in 2024, although I don't think I mean, I think Sam Howe is going to get you, you know, at least in the middle of the pack, I would think with especially with this defense. Um, but that's where I am. Yeah, I i am. I'm, I'm perfectly content to roll with him. Uh, I mean, you know, again, it's sort of uh, interesting to look back and say um, how how fortunate they got that Howe slipped to them in the fifth round. You know, I mean, that's like almost it's like a, a gift from the heavens, you know um to imagine he would have stuck around that long um and but you know he did and uh i think that if he ends up being almost anything it ends up being the steal of the
1: draft you know i mean it's just uh, incredible exactly and on top of that like if if you fail look at the end of the day if if you fail and if and if sam howe doesn't turn out to be uh doesn't show himself to be a winning quarterback to whatever degree it is, but as long as he's winning, if he doesn't show himself to be a winning quarterback or have the traits of a winner um, from a 17-game sample size or standpoint, um, look, like, you failed in that aspect. It is what it is. Or maybe you don't have enough time to continue developing, Sam, because the new owner is in a position to just move on from you. It is what it is. Like, you gave it your shot, um, and you're only in this situation because of the circumstances that you've created over the last couple of years. Um, and you can only blame yourself. Um, not necessarily saying that things will fail, but I'm saying if things don't work out for Ron, uh, you're in this position because of how everything was handled to that point of 2023. So it is what it is. Um, and to that point, Cal, uh, the last thing that we'll talk about is this ownership thing. Um, Rivera was actually scheduled to meet with uh. Uh, 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 Dan Snyder in ownership today, Monday, is the day that we're recording. FYI, I should have said that in the beginning of the show. <laughs> but uh, this is the day that we're recording, and he was set to meet with them today to set the budget and get a clearer view uh, of their offseason plan um, per Nikki Javala reading her tweet. Uh, but she had actually responded to um, to her own tweet updating everybody, saying that it was scheduled now for later in the week. Um, so essentially no update, no true update just yet on uh the, the conversation with ownership between Rivera and even understanding what they can do in the offseason and what they can spend and can't spend in the offseason. Uh, but that is an update on ownership on that side. But then there's also a larger conversation per J.P. Finley, who essentially confirmed a source from A.J. Perez, who is for uh, front office sports, who works for front office sports. Um, So A.J. Perez said, the following, uh, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos hasn't submitted a formal bid for the Washington Commanders, um, his sources say. Um, minus Bezos, none of the half dozen bids ahead of last month's first-round deadline exceeded 6.3 billion dollars. Um, and JP Finley responded, Kyle, saying that he heard the same. Uh, it's in a series of tweets. He said, "I heard the same. Not only was I told Bezos didn't submit a bid." I've had people tell me the Snyder family has absolutely no interest in selling to Bezos. Um, and the last tweet that he mentioned was no Bezos doesn't mean no sale. In fact, I heard today from a source close to the situation that uh, quote unquote, it will be over soon. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing <laughs> that we need to un- like take into account is that it will be over soon. And I think that's positive understanding that we are early January, um, and I'll get the floor to you to initiate this conversation because you know I'm, I'm a football guy, but that's why I love having you on is because you uh, you can talk about these things a little bit better than uh, way better than me. So floor is yours. Help help educate yeah. me on, yeah, on your I'm thoughts. To, and-
0: <laughs> I'm trying to make heads or tails of it too right <laughs> now. Um, you know, so it sounds like there's a few bids that are in that you know 6.3 billion dollar range. One of them, it seems like, is this guy Todd. Bailey, I think, or Bailey, I don't know exactly how you pronounce the name, who's also partial owner of the LA Dodgers and Chelsea, yeah. um, uh, the football team in, in uh, England, and um, has ties to the area. I think he grew up in Bethesda originally. So, um, but, you know, is Bezos out completely? It's not clear. Is he, you know, is he waiting, you know, in the wings just to, you know, make an offer that's $200 million more than? The next highest offer or whatever once they um get, get done negotiating so that he's not bidding against himself i don't know but uh, you know your 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 bigger point is is well taken which is like let's just be rid of this uh this family you know whether it's um um uh, byron allen or uh you know clear lake capital or jeff bezos any of them would be almost assuredly uh, much better than what we were left with. So, um, I'm not going to wring my hands over that too much at this point. Um, but, uh, it is interesting to see the folks who are interested. I mean, the other piece of it is, is, you know, I don't know, you, you just look at these NFL teams and if you're playing in that sphere, in terms of you've got that kind of money, I mean, the owning an NFL team is basically, you know, like, a uh, A a right to to print money, essentially in terms of in terms (laughs) of how lucrative it can be, and and this team, uh, and I've said it a few times, you know, let's say it sells for whatever six point five billion. I think if this team is, you know, if if somebody uh, invests in a in a in a good stadium, if they're able to get it in DC and they put competent. Uh, football people in charge of this organization. I think in five years, this is a $10 billion plus team. You know, it's just like it's been held back so dramatically by the Snyders and it's still ridiculously expensive. Um, that uh, that there's just a ton of upside here. I mean, you think about it, that that it was the most, you know, it was the most valuable franchise in the league when the Snyders bought it in 99. And now it's, you know, it's six or seven, something like that, depending upon the year. Um, but I think it could easily shoot up into the certainly the top three. I mean, Jerry Jones has done a really good job with the Cowboys in terms of um, the business uh, efforts there. But but I think there, this is such a um, uh, such an underserved market at this point that that done well, it really could shoot up. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see. I hope I'm, I'm sort of hearing through the grapevine that maybe we will you know a decision will be made before the Super Bowl, uh, and maybe hopefully something will leak out. But, you know, I do think we're probably stuck with uh, the existing um, staff, at least in terms of the uh, free agency and the draft, most likely.
1: OK, are y'all hearing what Kyle said through the grapevine? My man bringing sources to the table. I love to hear. It. I love to hear. It. So listen, Todd Bowley. for those who um, Todd Boley is who Kyle mentioned initially um, in, his, in his response. Uh, I had to pull up some information because uh, I had retweeted it i'll just read it verbatim uh because i have i have a comment uh just a comment uh after i read this but uh this is from scott abraham Uh get to know todd bowley some of which cal already mentioned sources have told him that bowley is making a very strong push to buy the commanders um this is his hometown team bowley was raised in bethesda and attended the landing school which is a private school Uh, for it's a a male private school from grades 3 to 12. Um, He is the co-owner of Chelsea, the LA Dodgers, and LA Sparks. Uh, My guy, Resh Manuel, on Twitter said a couple other things to note uh, just to understand who a little bit more boldly in the NFL buying process. He was a finalist for the Broncos job. So the NFL has already vetted him, which would expedite the process. um, If you think about what J.P. Finley said, uh, mentioning that this will be over soon, Um, there's a history between Boley and Schneider. Uh, Boley headed up Guggenheim acquisition of Dick Clark Productions from Red Zone, which is uh, Dan Schneider's PE firm. So um, there is some history between Boley and Schneider. Uh, Boley also has some history with the NFL, some recent history with the NFL. Um, They have already vetted him. um, And if he was to take over or if he was to be the actual lead candidate for the commander's um that can make sense for why this is um going to be done pretty soon uh the one thing that i will say in the comment that i had um in this moment this was january 13th where i saw these tweets so so three days ago uh i don't want people to kind of look or listen to the fact that he was raising bethesda oh excuse me he was raising bethesda because um and, and, and have this disdain or, or hesitancy to any ownership or any ownership possibilities to anybody who's from the area just because Dan Snyder is from the area. Um, I want to make things clear to, to people, and, and I'm mainly responding to people on social media, so it is what it is. I don't think that everybody thinks like this. But just because you're uh, you're from the area and you may have an interest in the team does not mean you operate or handle business the same way as another person not to mention do you think that it's going to be two owners uh that operates their their organization the same way in which dan did that got him in so much legal trouble that got him in so much trouble with congress that got him in so much trouble uh with his employees and and people surrounding the nfl that is impossible and and i don't think you should allow that trauma (laughs) that 20-year trauma of dan snyder to impact uh your, your thoughts or your preconceived notions of who Todd Bowley can be just because the word Bethesda was mentioned in his background. Uh, he can very much be capable of being a successful owner in Washington uh, while co-owning Chelsea Dodgers and the LA Sparks. It's, it's completely possible, especially if you give him the opportunity. I'm not saying that he will do good, but I'm saying eliminate the thought that he won't do good because of where he's from and because of uh, the idea that Dan Snyder failed because he's from the area where he's a possible fan of the team.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. I think you're like, like you say, there's a ton of uh, trauma and uh, PTSD among the fan base in terms of, you know, anybody who approximates Dan Snyder um, <clears throat> that I don't think, you know, we should be holding against other folks. What I, what I, to me, again, for an owner, <clears throat> the main thing that for me is that i would want to see is just some humility i mean i think if you're a billionaire it's probably you know a little bit of a stretch to be humble because you've had you've had a lot of success you probably mm-hmm. do think you're the smartest guy in the room because maybe a lot of the time you are the smart you have been but but when it comes to football operations or something like this it's like that's you know there are probably principles of managing business as well i'm sure there are principles of managing business as well in terms of delegation and whatnot that apply to football teams but that does not mean you have any insight into you know um you know draft picks or uh you know trades or you know play calling or anything like that and just recognize your own limitations and appreciate those and hire people who are really good uh, at those things. And, and that's, that's the main thing I ask for um, with um, uh, ba- Bowley, Yeah. With, with him, if you, if you look at like, you know, I know he, he's a partial owner of the Dodgers, but if you look at the Dodgers track record over the last decade, it's incredible. They've gone to 10 straight yeah. play, playoffs. They've won a world series. They got screwed out of a world series by the cheating Astros, you know, so they've lost two world series during, during that time frame. They, that's I, I haven't followed baseball for a while because the Orioles are my team and they've been atrocious. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but they look like they're getting better. Um, but, you know, it'd be hard to do better than, but than that track record there, I know some people have grumbled about what's going on with Chelsea. Um, and it seems like maybe there's some other factors at work there, but, but it seems, you know, I take that as a good sign uh, in terms of uh, hopefully at, at the very least, if he hasn't had a hand in the, decisions with the dodgers he's he's seen what has worked well there in terms i assume of hiring competent effective people and letting them have a long leash so um yeah i don't know it's it's you know it's all upside people always say well be careful what you wish for it really couldn't be any worse than dan snyder i mean it's just I said, I said on the the blog earlier this week. I said, unless the you know the Ford family has uh, you know a, a second cousin or whatever who's looking to buy another mm-hmm. uh, football team, I, I don't think we can really do any worse than the Snyders have done.
1: You said it, man. You're not lying. Um, last thing before we get out of here, Kyle, uh, let's do a yes or no because I I, I want to tease this for uh, when when the conversations are actually real versus uh, entertaining. they doing the playoffs. Let's let's do a yes or no. Um, intrigued by Lamar Jackson? No. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Um. Yes. Yes. That we'll we'll leave it at that. One word answers. We'll we'll dive into it uh later in uh, the offseason and figure out where we are and and why we are where we are. Uh But Kyle, as always, man, I appreciate you joining me uh, for the conversation. Uh, I'll try to double back. I may I may double back and, and see what your schedule is for for the later week um for those who are listening uh we're going to change our schedule a little bit not three days a week or, or really four days a week i guess anymore uh, with the, the off season being here but we'll try and figure some things out but uh again kyle i appreciate you uh and for those who are listening uh leave a rating a review if you can um it's definitely appreciated uh but enjoy the rest of you all's week enjoy the rest of your weekday whatever whenever you're listening that's the most important thing man appreciate y'all listening uh, we're out of here. Peace.